Welcome to episode two of the Depression Diaries. Today, I want to talk about how I cope with my depression, the ins and outs of my daily routine, and how I uh, go about each day. Um, So thanks again for listening, and we'll be right back with that. So this is the beginning of How Do I Cope with the Depression Diaries. Um, Currently, I'm coping with coffee. Um, So far, uh, this morning has been a pretty good day. I'm not in a lot of pain, so therefore my psyche is um, in a pretty decent place. I don't feel like the sky is falling today. Um, but I want to talk about you know, kind of the average day, which is uh going to be you know boring of course to most people but this is you know something that I'm doing for me I want to get it off of my chest so to speak um I usually wake up in the mornings um as early as I can as early as I can get myself out of bed I, I try not to sleep in too long I usually get myself some coffee. I uh, listen to some podcasts about, you know, the news, sports, um, and listen to some uh, gaming podcasts. And, and then once I've had my fill of that, I, I drink my coffee and I, and I think about everything. My mind wanders all over the place and often uh, goes to places that it that it shouldn't and it's unhealthy to go to. I wish that I had you know healthier ways of of dealing um, you know with the issues that I have, but unfortunately, I do not at this time, or at least I have not discovered them. Um, I've only ever admitted my depression to maybe two people. Um, And it took a lot for me to make those admissions. My hope is that, you know, one day I'll be able to talk freely about it and doing this podcast is one step in that direction. I um but I'm not even ready uh for you know the small number of people who do end up listening to this. I'm not even ready for them to hear my name, I don't think. Uh so it is my hope uh that by talking about this, that this will sort of uh, turn into uh, 
you know, auditory therapy for me. Well, uh, so as to the rest of as to the rest of my day, um, I'm going to just lay it right out there. I, I tend to cope by um, I read a lot. I throw myself into uh, different things that that I can manage, um, like maybe playing guitar or. Um, maybe some light yoga or uh, light workouts, depending on how my chest is that day. Uh, usually ends writhing in pain somewhat, and then I feel useless, and then I feel useless again. And um, but usually I'm happier for having tried something. Um, but then the elephant in the room is that. I cope with my pain largely by uh, playing video games. Uh, It makes up just an obscene amount of my time. And I truly do mean that, an obscene amount of my time. I'm embarrassed to even say this to the dead air. Um, It's not that there's anything wrong with playing video games. uh, There isn't. Um, it's a form of entertainment like anything else. But uh, excess is a problem. Um, you know, we, we have to, we're supposed to moderate our hobbies and the various uh, things that we engage with. And <clears throat> when it comes to that outlet, I do not because it is the only escape that I, it's one of the few escapes that I have right now. Um, and it has been for at least four years. In the beginning, um, video games, they were a mild passion of mine from the time I was a, a little kid. I loved the stories and um, I loved the stories that they presented, the challenges, the puzzles. Uh, all of those things were a delight to me as a child and um, they served as an escape from uh, the drudgery of uh, university work when I was in college. Um, and when I got married and um, after we had our daughter, I became, you know, something that I would do uh, staying up late with the baby or, you know, or just in uh, moments here and there when we had downtime. Um, But as my pain became debilitating, I leaned more and more uh, onto that crutch, which is what uh, video games are for me. They are a crutch, and I I am grateful for that to some degree. I've just started to question how much I should be engaging with um, how much I should be engaging uh, with gaming as a coping mechanism. I know that there are healthier ways to uh, deal with to deal with my pain, deal with uh, 
deal with my feelings of depression and anxiety, um, I know that the answer isn't always to pick up a controller. But for me, it is hard to do anything else. It is hard for me to find solace in either my neither my family or friends because I feel like a burden to them even though they haven't made me feel that way it's just that when I'm in pain I don't want to I don't want to see their looks of pity or but I also don't want to see their indifference either it's an impossible logical conundrum to solve for them and for me as well because I because whether they you know whether they pretend it's not there or whether they you know fawn all over me and you know and tell me how much they love me I'm equally frustrated and that's not their fault it's mine Uh, it's me being stupid and difficult, which I totally, I to, I'm totally self-aware of that. I know that it's selfish to have uh, to have those conflicting feelings. Uh, unfortunately, it's difficult to solve them. I feel as if I started this. I started this out of a desire for uh, community, maybe finding other people that were going through similar ordeals. And I am hoping uh, that if anyone listening to this hears this and wants to reach out, feel free to send me a voice message on Anchor or um you know, again, Anchor Podcast. You can uh, you can send me a voice message, or just a, or just make a comment with, uh, you know, with your information. Uh, if you ever you want to have a conversation, um, there's only one friend uh, that I have that I'm able to speak to openly about the about the things that I'm going through. Well, let me amend that. There are there are a couple of friends that I have that I've shared this with, but that feels like feels like I'm putting too much on them to to talk about this with. So what I usually do is when I'm having uh these feelings, I will, you know, again, I'll I'll pick up a controller. I will you know, and just escape into, you know, escape into a virtual reality for, you know, for as long as it takes to not feel that way anymore. Um, doesn't rarely work. Usually, usually when I come out of a marathon gaming session, I usually feel every bit as empty as I did beforehand. I feel drained and as if and as if I've uh, hurt the people that I loved even more because I haven't spent time with them I've spent time with a machine and a screen I 
I'm not sure how to remedy uh, that situation. I've looked at, I've uh, I've tried quite a few different things to try and get myself involved with healthier hobbies and healthier activities. But the issue is, is that my health doesn't really allow me uh, to hike or run or play tennis like I used to. Um, I used to be into everything uh, physically. I would work out, I would run, play basketball and tennis and hike all over creation and enjoy the beautiful gift that is the outdoors. Um, I still try to do that as much as possible uh, when I am feeling well and whole, which is few and far between these days, unfortunately. feel like my state of mind uh, gets worse and worse as time goes on and my body declines, which, you know, I'm getting older, so even even a healthy person at this point, even, you know, even a person with no debilitating chronic pain or so even a person with uh, no chronic pain or physical ailment I would still be declining at this point somewhat. Um, you know, obviously that's a, a bit of a dramatic, uh, you know, look at that. A uh, bit of a dramatic take on aging. You know, it's a natural process. But um, the difference is, for me, I feel like uh, I am, I'm at an age where uh, I should not be declining as fast as I am, as quickly as I am, I feel like I should still be able to, you know, train for marathons and uh, still be able to get out and, you know, play tennis and basketball and whatever the case may be. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that at some point, you know, I will be cured of all of the things that that ail me so that I that will be able to do those things again on a regular basis. I hope that uh, I hope that other people that other people dealing with uh, this same issue, you know, I'd be interested to hear how other people with chronic pain, uh, you know, cope with it, what they do, um, and again, you know, coupled with your. Uh, coupled with depression, if uh, if anyone has any advice on you know ways to deal with that, you know self care, as it were, um, I'd love to hear it. Um, those are things that I'm extremely interested in. So <clears throat> we talked uh, last time about the effects that. Um, my depression and my uh, and my pain has on the people around me. Um, I'm gonna expand some more on that. I found it uh, easy in the beginning to you know lean on 
the people that I loved because I thought that this was just something temporary that I was going through that uh, this wouldn't be this wouldn't be forever but now unfortunately I find that it is uh, forever I was eventually told by a surgeon that um, the way that my bones and muscles grew together in my chest is going to cause you know pretty much constant inflammation um, and therefore will cause me uh, pain until the day I die um, he said that there's no way that they currently know of to treat that issue and so that is why that is where I currently find myself uh, that is that is where I'm still at four years later um, and it took it took about a year it took roughly a year to get that um, to get that diagnosis um, I'm sitting here now with my with my coffee um, trying to figure out how to have a a productive day and not and still be able to fulfill uh, my obligations and duties today um, i have a I have a child as I mentioned before um, we have we have a household and a wife and a daughter to care for um, my wife uh, my wife works a my wife has a nine to five job but um, it's quite stressful and you know I've always uh, my view is that while I'm going through this and while I'm home my hope is to do as much of the household stuff that I can possibly do uh, whether it be chores laundry um, you know cooking cleaning all of those things um, you know I'm, I try to take care of it's just that more often than not I end up on the floor in pain and end up unable to complete any of that. So I end up being of no use. And I struggle with that um, because I don't understand the point of me being here if I can't. Uh, be of any use to my family. And I still have yet to really answer that question. Um, I do know that, you know, on a theoretical level, all life is precious. Uh, I, I, you know, I get that. Um, but, but why... You know, what makes what makes my life what makes my life worth it? What what makes my life precious? And what makes my life worth uh, worth it? Worth all the trouble um, that others have to go through to preserve it? And that is that is what I'm currently uh, 
particularly on bad days, trying to answer. Um, I appreciate all of uh, I appreciate all of your appreciate all of you listening. Um, I know that uh, hearing me hearing me ramble on for hearing me ramble on for uh, you know half an hour to an hour is uh, it's got to be somewhat painful. <laughs> Um, but again, this is, uh, quite, I think that this will be quite, uh, cathartic for me. In this segment, I want to talk about my, uh, my other favorite way of coping, um, the way... Uh, that I feel. It's sports. Oh boy. Yeah, man, do I love sports. Like, so much. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a huge Arsenal fan. I, most, uh, most of my sports watching, I, I watch soccer. I watch a lot of soccer. I wake up early in the morning on Saturdays, uh, to make sure I catch all of the Premier League games in England, um, much to the chagrin of uh, my family. Sorry, guys. Um, but I I absolutely love the sport. I have loved it since college, and I just uh, fell in love with it back then and um, have loved it more and more every day ever since, especially, especially since all of since all of this has been, you know, going on inside my head, um, it makes a great escape. I usually flee, I uh, usually, uh, flee towards, uh, sports when, I usually flee towards it when, uh, when, when things are not going so well. Um, I love I love soccer for a for a lot of reasons. A, um, this is the first time I've ever admitted this, but um, I think one of the reasons I like it so much is that here in the United States there aren't very many people who uh, enjoy it quite on the level that I do. So I think to some degree, uh, the tiny tiny introvert inside of me appreciates that. <laughs> I think that I think that knowing that most people are not going to be engaged in a conversation about uh, soccer, I know that that is a I know that it's a conversation ender. Uh, I know that it's something that can just set me apart from people again. Um, which to anyone listening to this internationally. I, of course, you would find that idea absurd because everyone loves the sport outside of the United States. But, um, but here, not so much. Uh, it's definitely growing. Um, listen to a lot of uh, American-made soccer podcasts, so um, the fan base is definitely there. I have a few friends that I, that I chat with about about the sport and about, uh, I've got a, I've got a friend of mine, a fellow, fellow Arsenal supporter. Uh, we, 
we are we uh, get depressed together on game days. We commiserate, um, which is fun, you know. Uh, but anyway, I, I I love it. I love um, they call it the beautiful game for a reason. Um, it is it is poetry in motion at its best. I I absolutely I absolutely love it. It's uh, you know eleven guys on a team. You're working together to, working together to, you know, uh, pass, uh, you know, passing and moving, passing and moving, and and trying to uh, endeavor to, you know, score a goal, and um, you know, they have to attack and you they have to attack in concert and in unison together, they have to defend in unison, they have to uh, everything. Everyone has to everyone has to be in tune with their teammates in order for things to go well in that sport. That's something that I love um, about soccer so much. It's so collective. Um, it's not based on what you can do by yourself, although there are some wonderful individual players, of course. But um, my favorite thing about soccer is it is it's uh, is the fact that it is a collective sport. Um, I like that uh, the fans play such a huge role. The atmosphere. Um, in my early days of being a supporter, um, I noticed the similarities between um, between the atmosphere of a soccer match and like a college football game. There, uh, the passion is very similar. Um, <clears throat> but I also I love the stories of. You know, I love the stories of the players themselves. Um, you know, there was a recent one about, um, I believe his name is Ansu Fati uh, from uh, Guinea-Bissau. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but he recently uh, got his first game with Barcelona for the for the senior team. He was recruited into their academy um after being watched you know kicking a ball made of rags didn't have an actual ball it was a, it was a ball that they took old crusty dirty rags and stretched them and you know just made layer and layer until they had a facsimile of a ball and uh you know they they had he had nothing growing up him and his parents they put everything they could into you know sacrificed everything they could into him uh, being able to learn <clears throat> and um his hard work is his hard work has paid off in dividends uh he you know he he got his he got his first call up to the senior team at at uh, 16 years old so um i love stories like that they uh, they inspire me um you know they inspire me because i think you know he was in a he was in a worse situation than i'm in now um well he has his health but uh he was in a worse situation and uh overall though i mean he, than i am now surely uh hopefully one day i can succeed i can uh I can get over, you know, what I'm going through, and uh, and eventually push on and 
and make something of myself. And that is, and that is still a hope for me. And so I feel like I I need those things uh, in order to keep going. Um, and I hope that all of us uh, have something like that. You know, I know that everyone has their, everyone has their passions. Um, but the hope is that, but the hope is that your passions also inspire you. Um, really want to take a moment to, uh, thank everybody for listening, uh, to the show. Um, again, please feel free to send me a voice message. Um, please feel free to leave a review on Apple podcast. Um, you know, please feel free to shoot me an email or, or, uh, however you wish to communicate. Um, I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts. I'd love to hear, uh, what I'd really like to hear about this week is I'd like to hear about your coping mechanisms. I'd really like to hear about the things that inspire you out of, uh, your, the deepest, darkest corners of your mind. Um, I'd love to hear what inspires you, what, what makes you, what gives you hope, uh, for the future. Um, you know, please feel free to leave that in a comment or like I said, in a voice message, um, Thanks again so much for listening today. Uh, I will uh, I will be back uh, soon with episode three. Um, the format of the show will probably uh, change week to week. I'm looking at uh, bringing some guests in, which is uh, like a, a daunting task for me personally because I, uh, you know, don't even want to ad- admit who I am right now openly. Um, I feel like the only people I can be honest with are, are people that, that don't know me at all. I'm hoping that will change. Maybe I will have like a stroke of bravery and be able to say, Hey, this is me. This is, you know, who I am and you know, all of that good stuff. But for right now, this is where I'm at. So again, thanks for listening. Um, you know, please, uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, thanks again so much.